Hi everybody, this is Sabrina Wood, the Cinnamon Cinephile, and I am here with episode two of 5 by 5 a movie podcast. And my guest this week is Trina Ramsey, and we are going to discuss black romance comedies, okay? I'm talking black rom-com. So Trina, give us a little background on who you are and why you're the expert on black rom-coms. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, so I am a 53-year-old black woman. So I cut my teeth on rom-coms from back in the day. And I am everything that you would expect from someone at that space. I have a side business as a life coach and a career coach, a speaker and a writer. And I also, my day job is as vice president of development and revenue for a nonprofit called Code2040.org. So one of the things I love to do is just kind of decompress with a good movie. And I've seen many a good rom-com. So when you invited me, many of them with you, (laughs) that's right. (laughs) So the first thing Trina said, when I said, I'm doing this podcast and I need you and I need you to do it on a particular topic. We both said, rom-com, sign me up, sign me up. Okay. So as a cinnamon cinephile, my job in this podcast is to give you a little bit of background about romantic comedies and black romantic comedies in particular. So if you notice when we were going through it and we we're about to give you our list of our five favorites. Now, this doesn't mean that these are the all time best. These are not the critically acclaimed. These are not the ones that are going in the Smithsonian. These are the ones that Trina and I like. So what I was looking for was a little history about the black rom-com. And you'll notice that they don't come into play until a little bit after the civil rights era. Before that, black people are barely in a movie. So unless you've got an Oscar in the show, you've got some ancient tape that I don't know about, you're going to find your first black rom-coms coming out in the early 70s, and you're going to go right back to Claudine. That really kicks it off. And from there, and the beautiful Diane Carroll, oh my God, she was so beautiful. We keep going on and on and on. But I'm going to let Trina start first. Now, that's our little baseline, Claudine. I don't know if that's on her list. Or I don't know if that's on my list. <laughs> But that's the touchstone, and that's where we're starting. That's so awesome. go ahead, Trina. Tell me what's your number five. We're going, to go we're going backwards. Uh, no particular favorite. Okay. I don't know. You want to go for So I'm going to, I like going five to one. Okay. Five to yeah, one. All right. What's one. your number five movie? Number five, Boomerang. Number five. Yes. Okay. So Boomerang, 1992, starring Eddie Murphy and uh, Robin, Givens. Robin Givens and my mm. favorite, Grace. Jones. Grace Jones, woo! And of course, the beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Halle Berry. Now, and Eartha. Eartha Armacus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so tell us why you put Boomerang in the fifth position. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, I had a hard time because after that, there were a lot of really good, rich, kind of like more new um, neo-soulish mm-hmm. that really kind of edged that one out. But this one I love because it had the comedy mm-hmm. in yes. it. Like, it was almost like, what, is this really a rom-com? But it definitely did have the roots of oh, rom-com. It's rom-com. It's, you it's know, Eddie. boy meets girl in the elevator. Yes. You know, yes. looking her up and down, trying to figure her out and everything. And the whole boy loses girl. Yeah. And he was just as pitiful in the middle of the movie. <laughs> he was just pitiful. And she, she walked all over him. I love this movie because she is doing role reversal. 
Absolutely. She plays the, the man part. She gets to be the guy as, uh, you know, it was said in what the, it's, what, what, um, Jack Nicholson said it in a later movie. So I get to be the girl. <laughs> so she got to be yes. the guy and she yeah. treated him just like she, she sure did. Him. She used that. him as a piece of meat. She called him when she wanted to. She was like, no, I don't got time for you. And oh, and he, did she check his toes? I don't remember. He checked remember, her. He, he checked her toes, but he she, checked checked, her. she checked something on him. Yeah. And well, she went and then she went back to work talking about him. Yes. I'm yes. Oh, oh and God. when Grace Jones was like, I heard you can move your ass. John <laughs> <laughs> Jay. Oh, my oh God. he was so stricken. Like, oh, my God. Oh, like, yeah. I'm being objectified. Objectified. Oh. Yes. Yeah. She can play that game. Buddy. Which right, is another so one. But you know, one, that, yeah. that one didn't make my list. One thing I want to say about this movie, and I'm glad you did bring Boomerang up, because Boomerang is on my list, and I'll let you know where it falls. Uh, this movie was actually brought, around, uh, brought about by Eddie Murphy. Eddie wanted to have this movie made. Before 1992, you are pretty much the only other movie, and I'm going to give him some props for this because it's not on my list, is Spike Lee. She's got to have it. That yeah. Well, yeah. Eddie. That came before Eddie. It, uh, yeah, everybody. Okay, I'm, I'm going to just disclosure, yeah, yeah. Uh, everyone listening to the podcast, my audience here, they're all making faces about <laughs> she's got to have it. But you have to give that movie its due in the historical cinematic Absolutely. Sense because. Uh, this was like the first like microfinance. He, microfinance. He, man, he did that thing on credit cards. He made that movie for under $200,000. It's black and white. It was Brooklyn. And it was a rom-com about black people that was really very sexual, which yes. he really almost didn't have until no. later. Eddie comes in and does it big time with a big budget yeah. and all kinds of things. But the guys that wrote it with him were from Saturday Night Live. He called his own boy, um, Reggie Hudlin, to come and direct it. So it was produced, directed by black men. And we have Boomerang. So I will give it to Mr. Murphy. He started this whole new neo-soul trend mm-hmm. of the black rom-com. And you got to yeah. give it to him. And you must give Spike some credit, too, because as we go through this list, I'm going to tell you how many times Spike had his fingers in some of these other movies. Mm, yeah, no. He was a trailblazer. in a movie mule was all up and on he's still, And he finally got his Oscar this year. He finally got his Oscar. Yes, yeah. Very happy about yeah. So my number five movie um, is actually Brown Sugar. Ooh. I know. And I don't even want to put it in yes. five. I know. I would have had it up a little higher. All right. Let me, let me tell you that. Man. I'm going to tell you. Okay. My audience is really being very visually vocal here. So my audience is saying five, five, and I, I debated. All right, so I'm gonna. It was hard putting them in the it, numbers. It's hard. It you know was really I'm just hard. Give it, I'm just gonna give it in like uh, how many times I've seen it. Okay, uh, <laughs> Brown Sugar. I love this movie. I love this movie. It is a, it is a funny one. Uh, it, it's got a great supporting cast. Oh my gosh! Most death was hilarious yes. in this movie, and I didn't listen. know he could be. Him and Queen Latifah. Queen Latifah were hilarious. Oh. They were too funny. Listen, I, the scene about the flute. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> ah. <laughs> he said, "Yeah, the flutes because they're they're, they're like that." And she's like, "Eyes up, eyes up." Eyes up. <laughs> <laughs> but my favorite line is, "Yeah, come on, you never thought about this. You gotta have the buddy and the booty." I love Brown Sugar. Oh my gosh. I love the idea of the fact that they were childhood friends. Yes. 
I love that they grew up about, you know, around hip hop. Yeah. And it's fun to watch this movie now and to hear them arguing about hip hop yes. and what made hip hop great because now we got trap and we got all this other music and I'm like, oh my God. So it was great to hear this early movie about the discovery of how what hip hop meant to people in their lives and how it defined their love. It was great. And you know what else I love? That kind of the parallel that, story. Yes. Tell me way how you fell in love with hip hop was really talking her talk about falling in love with him. Exactly. And they were kids and how they just try to act like they were buddies and everything, but they really carried a torch for each other all this Mom. time. And then and then he or she is taking it into her career and now writing a book about it mm -hmm. and being, you know, having this being on radio shows and everything. And I just love that kind of like juxtaposition yes. with her career, but then their romantic their relationship as well. And it was the same. It, again, it was like going back to Boomerang. You know, we had black people in a corporate setting. They were doing it. The love story happened to tie into their careers. Mm -hmm. It was it was really and it was real life to us. It yeah. wasn't like, OK, you know, we got a but Claudine is a great movie, but nobody believed that Diane Carroll was a welfare mother. We just okay. weren't buying that whole little yeah, thing. Why they true. had to make her that, I don't know. But it well, was it was that, exactly. Yeah. So and it's a great movie. They weren't ready to make us successful. No, they, they weren't. weren't. They mm -hmm. weren't ready to make her successful. And mm -hmm. so I love this. And, you know, we have Sinead Lansom come out and she's going to be one of our Three queens of black rom-coms. She's on this list all over the place. Yeah, Marcus. And we have sound from our audience. <laughs> yes, go on the show. Introduce yourself. Introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. I am Nashelle um, of Swag Events, the Sisters Walking Abundantly in God's Grace. Um, and I'm just here as an audience member um, giving my two cents. Not anymore. <laughs> you're, you're AKA on the peanut, peanut gallery. <laughs> yes, I peanut am the gallery. peanut gallery. Yes. Um, <laughs> Critiquing where these, yeah, where yeah, these no, movies shell down at us since the show yes. started. So I'm yes. like, you need to just stop talking. Yes, because I mean, having brown sugar as number five was kind of heartbreaking. <laughs> I was, I was really disturbed. That was uh, like one of my. No, that was top, a great. That's a great. Yeah, movie. it's that's a great. great movie. I think that the love story and, like you said, the um, parallel story of hip hop and how it related to her relationship with him. It was so telling because truly, hip hop is a relationship. So like that, what hip hop has gone through as an evolution and how that relates to how you can develop friendships from, you know, childhood and how they really can build into something that you didn't even know. That was the story of hip hop itself. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So I oh, thought that it was, was awesome. Yeah. One other thing I loved about this movie is that he actually married the wrong person. Yes. Which I kept waiting for her to jump up and like like Queen Latifah was punching her in the chest like yeah. you must say something, girl. I was like, she wasn't ready. Marry her. <gasps> and in that boxing scene, yeah. Oh, when they were in the gym, yes, facing off, and then she was like, and all the secrets I tried to get from you already know. She was like, man, bang. <laughs> 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 So that was a different kind of thing where, you know, it was real life. Like, you know, there are people that have watched somebody they love marry the wrong person and then find them later. But we, this is hardly something that usually happens in a romantic comedy. So mm -hmm. that was great. Okay, so that's our number five. You had Boomerang. That's five. And I had Brown Sugar. Okay, yes. we're going to go back to Trina's number four. Which has Sanaa Latham. Yeah, of course. Loving basketball. Oh, now that's gonna hurt me. Number four. <laughs> <laughs> it was hard. It was hard. It was it hard. Is. But I have the, my top two spots. I am like non-negotiable about them. 
So, but loving basketball, I loved the um, chemistry with her and Omar Epps. Mm-hmm. And uh, and once again, it was like this childhood friendship, you know, yes. growing. Yes. You know, growing. I love the whole the power of her ending up in the WNBA. Yeah, in the WNBA, WNBA. but like this whole kind of like male-female power dynamic because he was like the basketball star and then she she was in the women's and then, you know, it was just kind of like interesting to to have them follow their careers and also like how he was like this player and they're living next door to each other and she's seeing his whole thing, his whole dynamic, whatever, yeah. I love this movie, number one, because I was a ball player when I was in college. <laughs> All right now. All right now. The Fosity, I yes, yes, I was. I okay, didn't know that. Guard, baby. So, I never, um, I, I was on middle school basketball and I was throwing up bricks and I've sat there. <laughs> one season and it was, it just wasn't wow. working. Yeah, so. Okay, I yeah. got recruited first. I got, I went to a school that had, we had junior high and high school in the same school. And so I ended up playing varsity and I was really only in the eighth grade. But I went to the school, so I played varsity at, at eighth oh, grade. Oh, girl, oh yeah, I was oh, yeah. like, oh See? my god. Okay, so I played high school and I played college. Um, so this was a really great movie for me because I just love the fact that they really did do. I'm a Title Nine baby, you know. I went to a school with a big basketball school, and the girls' team was, you know, we had to sell chocolate to get our our uniform. <laughs> we were like, what? We don't have a budget. Like, what is going on? So it was really interesting to watch it. And what I also loved about this movie is that, you know, he was so smooth and his path was so set and he even played basketball that way. You know, he would do the fall away jumpers. He was just so cool. And she was struggling. She was struggling to make the team. She was struggling to control her emotions. She was struggling with everything. And like, so the way they fell in love even was the same way they played basketball. It was just like, everything was hard for her. You know, she just couldn't mm-hmm. get it down. It was like, oh my God. But I did love the fact that they really showed women playing basketball. It wasn't just like, mm-hmm. they, I don't know. I often wondered if Stanella had to, she had to practice because she was dribbling with both hands. When she was doing the double ball dribble, I was like, that's my girl. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I'm sure she had to up her game. She had to yeah. up her game. She had yeah. to up her game because she was really dribbling that ball. I was like impressed. I was impressed. So my number four, oh, I just want to say one thing about this film too. This is a film that is the first directorial of the event of Gina Price Blythewood. Mm. And she is uh, sponsored by, in this movie, Spike Lee. This, all right. This so movie was Spike produced Lee. by Florey and Emile. So we're going to say, all right, Spike. He, he was not the producer of this film, but his company mm-hmm. produced this film. And one of the things I like to talk about in movies is like, what scene, we talked a little bit about it in the other film. What scene did you find was really romantic in the mm. scene, in the movie? And I'm just going to give you mine. Mm-hmm. Like after the prom, when he takes her virginity and he's taking her and taking her clothes off and everything, I was like melting. And then when he went and got the condom, I was like, I'm so in love with this boy. I'm like, oh, this is just such a wonderful scene. I'm like, she's going to have a happy first time. This is so nice. <laughs> and and being responsible. It was yeah. unbelievable. I said, I don't think I've ever seen this in a movie. Mm-hmm. Props. Most romantic scene. I feel like it was something about after they broke up and got back together, went their best separate ways. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then when they came back together after he got hurt and then they were like bonding and rebuilding. Yeah. 
I would say most romantic scene in that movie was at the very end, Double or Nothing. Yeah. Uh, they were playing basketball, playing the this. intensity of that game, and then for him to win the game. Yes. And at the end to just realize, I, okay, I won the game, but I really want her. Yeah. Oh, um, because he said, I'll play you double or nothing. When he, I was like, when he yes. came back and said double or nothing. Double, double or nothing. I lost yeah. it. Like, yeah. I completely lost. Oh, I I'll love that. Your heart. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that that scene was absolutely yeah. amazing. That's, I really, I was just like, I'll play you double or nothing. Yeah. We go play this game. And let's not forget win, the girl. music. I think that's something else about great rom-coms. Yeah. The soundtrack yes. for rom-coms yes. really unbelievable. Really yeah. set the tone yeah. for the movie. And yeah. so that Michelle in um song yes. during that moment. Oh yes. absolutely made yes. I, I, yes. I played that track, just that Okay, I'm gonna back up because we're gonna go back to Boomerang talking about soundtracks because you know what song came off of that? End of the road. Oh yeah, End that's of the road true. came from the Boomerang that's soundtrack. True. And that's where Tony made her Tony Braxton. What was that name song? Because you didn't come home last night. You never come Home yeah, last night. That's, 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 that's it. That's right. And 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 when Holly, but we didn't even mention Holly. Ha- I do mention when, Holly. when Holly said that uh, love should have brought your ass home last night. Yeah. She was. I'm sick of people using love like it's a sickness. I was like, yeah, get them, girl. Okay. <laughs> yeah, girl. Okay. That that soundtrack went triple platinum. Which one? The Boomerang soundtrack. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, this movie made $131 million. It had a triple, you know, and then they're going to still come back and talk about, well, I don't know, but you can sell this movie in China. Like, what are you talking about? What is with studios saying this kind of stuff? You're making all kinds of money off this movie. Okay. And you still go, well, I'm not sure if it's really going to sell in Peoria. We don't care about Peoria. Anyway, all right. So we got Boomerang and Love and Basketball for Trina, and we have Brown Sugar. And my number four is. All right, don't start yelling at me, but I love this movie. Jump in the broom. Uh, oh, I know okay. it, I know it, I know it. I All know right. It. You know All why right. I love it? Was cute. Say, I get to say why I love it. Yes. Yes, you do. Because I'm from Massachusetts, and it takes place over Massachusetts. Oh, uh, is that the only it. reason? It's like, it's like, oh, my God, it's so pretty. Yeah, it's it's and I love Liz Alonzo, so I don't care. Whatever happened to Paula Patton? She's just kind like of around, after, but not so much. She was after, hot, after, she was hot like today. They were putting her in all kinds of movies. She was like one after another after another, and then boom. I feel like I saw her in something. I was like, oh my God, that's that's Paula Patton, but I can't remember what it was. I feel like she was kind of typecast. She, she was in the same kind of movie. Yeah. I yeah. Think baggage, baggage, baggage. Thing. Now, see, that was that a piece of trash. Me. I think that that's where she, that, that was the downfall. Killed her career. Yeah. That, yeah. This movie was, I, this movie I thought was really, I thought it was really beautifully shot. It, looked, it was a great looking movie. Mm-hmm. And I loved Angela Bassett. I thought their characters were, were so over the top crazy. But my yeah. two favorite people were, was Romeo and uh, Tasha Smith. Mm. because he was trying to get this is another movie that I think if you didn't have the supporting cast that was around yeah, the yeah, star yeah. it would not have been as great a movie I yeah, just thought true. it was hilarious it's Tasha Smith will spice up anything oh my god crazy. it really was and then they also had Valerie Pettiford in it who played Aunt Geneva 
who I don't want to be the spoiler, so I'm not yeah. going to tell you what. But she is such a phenomenal Broadway actress. And to have her in that movie, I totally freaking loved it. Yes. If you don't know who she is, Google this woman because she is phenomenal. She is a dancer. She is a singer. She does this movie. She's only done a handful of movies, but she is definitely Broadway. And mm. she has a Tony. And I'm like, oh, my God, she's in Jumping the Broom? Okay, I'm going to go see it. So that's why it's on number, my number four spot. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. You, get okay. Just, you named just, some really excellent movies. I mean, excellent, excellent points. reasons. And so yeah. you get a pass. And it was pass. actually a fun, light story. And it was interesting yeah. to see this whole kind of like society take on, you know. Like, oh, yeah. Because well, I'm going to yeah. say, I'm from Boston, Mass. And, and that's a real is, thing. Uh, yeah, we yeah. know this whole uh, people that use uh, summer as a verb. People <laughs> that say they're going to the island <laughs> for the Summering. summer. And Summering I was always on the one of those day trippers to Martha's Vineyard who couldn't afford to summer as a verb. I could only get on the ferry and I better get my black ass off by the end of the night. So it's just until I got into uh, my adult phase that I could even spend a week there. So this whole dynamic of the working class black people coming to the island and meeting up with the rich, what, rich black people that act white. Because <laughs> she said, what did she say at one point? She said, my family weren't slaves. My family owned slaves. I said, oh, my God. Right. She didn't yeah. say that. Right. But those of us that kind of know vineyard people would say, like, yeah, somebody, yeah. they like say some crap like that. But uh, <laughs> so I have a complete sidebar, and I know this is a movie show, but it's yes. connecting for me. Yes. Have you ever read the book The Wedding? Yes, I know. Dorothy I know West? That's, that woman is friends with my ex's family, really? Dorothy West. Her portrayal of... Yeah that whole dynamic yes. and the class and the colors oh, yeah. and the everything and oh, you know yeah. what side of the island you're on and everything like that I thought up that was island really, and yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. oh please I, I was just at something last summer and the woman asked me where was i going to vacation where was my house on, on, on martha's vineyard and i said i was an old plus she said oh you're an ob I was like, oh, Lord, okay. You still do that. Yeah, yeah oh, still. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. And so it's so I, that funny. movie was personal. People outside of Massachusetts would have no clue. No clue what we're talking about. Because I thought when I visited um, the island and went to Oak Bluff, I thought, oh, we were doing great things. You being were. In Oak Bluff, like I thought, this is great. But you're right, like to see that movie and to see that I didn't realize that there were black people on that side of the island. I, all, I only thought, you know, the Kennedys were over there. That was mm-hmm. all I knew. Like, and so. now we have the Obama. Yes, yes. Black president. Wait, aren't they buying something? They bought a fourteen yeah. million dollar estate up in Edgartown. I'm like, I'm not sure if it's Edgartown or what, but I'm so happy. Yeah. So, okay, so we've got number five and four. So now we're going to go to our number three pick. I'm, I'm starting to like, I'm starting to wonder if I have a thing for Sanaa Lathan. But number, number three is a new movie, Napoli Ever After. Yes. So that was the, it came out on Netflix a year ago. The, the thing that I loved about that movie was this, like, you know, b- being a coach and being into self-development and everything like that was her owning of her self-worth and letting go of this narrative that she inherited about her hair Mm -hmm. and about what had to happen with her hair and even about what that meant for her from a love perspective. And oh my God, there's some sensuous scenes when the brother Mm. was rubbing on her head. Listen, listen. Romance or sensual? Romantic? Sensual. Sensual? 
Yeah, yeah. No, I love that this like this like natural brother who like saw her for who she was and was like he wasn't committed to how long her hair was and everything like, like that. And that he was actually affirming of who she who she was independent of what what the package was. Yeah. I just love that. And what it was really funny because you know, Sunea, Sunea had her, when she cut her hair, she really did shave her head. Yeah, I know. That scene that right gone. there was woo. Woo, yes. She was done with it. And when she posted the picture on Instagram of her hair coming back and everyone was like, what have you done? What have you done? Remember that? She had like all these likes, no likes, those likes. It was it, even outside of the movie, it was a statement that she went nappy. Mm-hmm. And did she go back? She went right back, didn't she? Right I believe finger. so. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, I, I think, though, it's protective styles. So I think that's, that's something okay. Okay. Right. Yeah. That's a good so point. Yeah. actually highlight is that a lot of, a lot of celebrities, um, Black women, are doing protective styles. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it's for the image of, you know, filling the image of Hollywood. But if you were to see them in their natural element, they are all natural they're most of them are natural women okay and um so can i just say i like the fact that you put that on there and at first i was kind of like sketchy about it but it was a romantic comedy but it was romance of someone falling in love with themselves yes yeah and even at the end like we talked about that yeah we did yeah how how you i was i was glad that they did not connect them at the end of the movie she didn't have a happily ever after with a man man. she had a happily ever after with herself herself. and i really love that so that yeah yeah, that's that's great yeah okay so now my number three is actually going to be talking about men we're going Back to the, I mean, these women are just in all these movies. I don't know what it is, but I had to add this one because I wanted my girl in this one, Nia Long, yes. in The Best Man. Oh, yeah. 1999. I mean, that was, a, that was one of my favorite hairstyles. I mean, her hair yes. in that movie was laid. Laid. Absolutely. I laid. I, I was like, in I every scene. That. I do that. I yes. I can't wrap my head that tight in. But uh, this is another movie that was actually produced by Spike Lee. Made in 1999. It was written and directed by um, a writer named Malcolm Dealey. I don't know if he's related to Spike. And of course, we have Tay Diggs and Regina Hall as Candy, the dancer. Yes, that I was her breakout role. That was her breakout role. Yes, and she was hilarious in that. She was hilarious in that. And what is she? She really did something with that character, coming from the stripper and then going to the. She has the business when we come back into the. The, uh, the the, yeah, Best Man Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just love that little arc that her character has. But I mean, that's one of my favorite songs, too. So this movie also was another big moneymaker. A $34 million movie on a $9 million budget. I said, and this is the soft spot of movies that it, Hollywood maybe doesn't make anymore. It's like everybody tries to make that $100 million tentpole blockbuster, and these kind of movies get lost to the, you know, kicked to the side, or, you know, it's the tentpole or it's the independence. And so this mid range movie that's going to be 30 to 40 million, you know, well, that you want to gross, mm-hmm. you know, that you're only going to spend 10 million, $10 million. That's the whole budget for Tom Cruise. 
you can't make a movie for nine million dollars anymore. You know, you got to pay one guy this much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that movie kind of has gone to wayside. So you've got like Netflix picking up and trying to make these movies now, which is why we find Napoli Ever After there. Mm-hmm. And we're not mm-hmm. finding it coming out of uh, mm-hmm. either Spike's production company or, or, mm-hmm. or Paramount, for that matter, who was doing a lot of these movies. But um, love the best man because it had it had a whole plethora of brothers in it. Yes, yes, that movie was fun. There were some fine brothers. In yes, that. I fell yes. in love with Terrence Howard. Yes, Terrence Howard. Absolutely, Terrence Howard from the very beginning. Listen, scene of him wait a minute. The scene on the guitar when he throws that thing over his oh, shoulder. Oh man, <laughs> I fell in love. With that man in that moment. Yeah. He completely fell in love. Yes. (laughs) Yes. The other thing I loved about his character was he was the conscience. Even though he was like the bad boy, he was the one that told him, pull him up, pull him up. You don't want that karma. You know, like, even though he's a bitch ass, ain't you a bitch ass? Yes, I'm a bitch ass. And then that's one of these movies that I actually, I don't know, maybe maybe you guys are different, but when I first watched that movie, I didn't know which man, which woman he was going to pick. Oh. I didn't know whether he was going to go back to his girlfriend or was he going to go back with Nia? I mean, Tay. I, I, yeah, Tay, Tay. You're talking about. I didn't yeah, yeah, know. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. I, I, I could see Yeah, because they painted that thing like they were, they were about to. If he hadn't got beat up that night, when she smacked him in uh, his head. <laughs> <laughs> I hope everyone listening to this podcast has seen these movies. Oh, my We're thoroughly enjoying going down oh memory my lane on these. But did you actually question whether or not he would be with her, really? Like, I didn't think that Jordan and Tay Diggs' character were even truly compatible. And that, like, I felt like there was that, you had that moment Women of, like, time. oh, this was, you know, the one I missed out on. Mm-hmm. But for him, it really just seemed sexual. Whereas for her, it was that level of emotion, like, oh, but I really feel the like the one that her, got away. It was, but was it the one that got away only because of what she read? How he treated the other, um, how he treated Mia. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, was she in love with the fantasy of what she had found out him, found him to be in mm-hmm. this book? That's interesting. Or because she hadn't talked to him all this time. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's and uh, you know I never thought about that, Michelle. I really feel like. There are people that come and go. Like, I thought it was very realistic that there are people that come and go in our lives that I certainly can think of one oh, or I two. One. You know, that's just kind of like, man, if that, you know, if that turn of events hadn't happened with, with this, you know, what would the path have been? You know what I mean? Right. So, like a sliding fact, doors, right. that movie, Sliding right. Doors, if I had just not gotten Oh, that Sliding train. Doors, that was a roof. <laughs> yes, it was. It was. But, um, yeah, I, I, I was happy with what happened in the movie, but yeah. for a second I said, he is going to go with Jordan. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I mean, I, well, and then, then the other thing is you wonder what the consequences, if they would have ended up getting together that night, what would that have done to oh. his relationship? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And thank God we'll never know. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah. I love that Morris Chestnut got his comeuppance too, but... <laughs> That was just so funny, though. So think he about just that. Lost his mind. Does that make the best man actually Sanaa's breakout movie? That made her a big, big star? So okay. Or will we will we still consider love? Now, and which one came first though? Um Best Man came out in nineteen ninety nine. Love and Basketball comes out in two thousand. Yeah. 
And then yeah. she does brown sugar in 2002. Yeah. yeah. So that, yeah, so that was my breakout. I feel so like she was a supporting. She, she was supporting, but she was very powerful. Yeah, yeah she was. Role. She like, was. Her first scenes with him in the apartment before yeah. he goes to the wedding. Yeah. I thought that was so realistic. Yeah. That bathtub made me. Listen, Ooh, I love I'm that. Gonna, I'm going to have you. Yes. Rose with the bath. roses. <laughs> yes. Yes. I put that on the roll. Yes. So the other thing I loved is I feel like I'm going to go ahead and say this was my number two. Okay. So, uh, you know, just to Okay, we're going continue. on to number two. Go yes. Ahead. But the other thing that I loved was this ensemble cast mm-hmm. was so strong, down to a person. Howard Perrineau? Is Perrineau, that yeah, from yes. Um, yes, yes. I loved his character, Merch. <laughs> I loved this kind of, like, they had this, like, the, you know, they had their pack, and he was the one with the big heart. You know, but he was also kind of a little quiet and he's here with this domineering woman and he finally ends up just pushing her to the side because he finds his true stripper. Yeah, I'm in love with a stripper. You know, like literally that scene when they trying to get her in the car and then then he starts spouting Audrey Lord and she was like, whoa, Audrey, oh, Oh, wait a minute. No, yes, I forgot. Yes, yes. And um, it just... And then in, at the church with Shelby, she tried to slap him around the whole time. She thought she was still, and he was like, Shelby, I am not the man for you. You are not the woman for me. So let's stop pretending. And, and, then, and then Terrence Howard is like, you want to pick that up? <laughs> That's right. Your face. Your face. They had he had the best lines in that whole movie. Oh, oh my goodness. god, was, yeah, that was such a great. It's funny though because would you find it hard? Like I would find it really difficult to put the best man on the list and not combine it with the best man holiday. What's the, well, okay, I was, yeah. on my list, I have best man slash best man holiday. Yeah, because the rest of the it is. It's yes. like truly a completion like that. And although it took what thirteen oh yeah years, I go back to my point about okay, the movie's making money. Why did it take you so long to make the sequel? Because any other movie, you would have had them making the sequel before yeah, they got back off the forth, set. Back but forth. you know what? I appreciate the the way it was better. I feel like okay. because it allowed the story and line the characters to... matured so much in the. I mean, just even made, in their yeah, personal life, in their acting, like so that ensemble cast came back together. Yes, and still and we you could see that see they it. still had yeah that, that same chemistry. Oh so my yeah, gosh. I thought that it was really good. Yeah, was, and but I wouldn't be able to separate the two. Like I feel like it's both. Like yeah, that's why I have it on my list. Slash because I can't. I can't mention one without the other. Yeah. And the second one, you know, thankfully they did such a good job with it. Sometimes when they do sequels, it's like it's watered down or it's like they're stretching and it don't work or whatever. Um, I think about um, The Hangover. Yeah. Yeah. The first one was amazing. Yeah. The second and third one were like, well, you took the same script and just changed some stuff around and Uh, and then you tried to put it back out there. It was was just no. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to go back to the director of The Best Man. His name is Malcolm Dewey. He's not related to Spike, but he is also responsible for one of my other favorite comedy is not a romantic comedy but undercover brother oh that's um, crazy <laughs> soul men scary movie five the best man holiday and he also did girls trip and nice trouble okay so, yeah so he works uh um he's he's just like a phenomenal i mean he's got a bunch of a bunch that's of awesome 
That's Bunch awesome. So, um, okay, so my number two was your number four. Well, mine was Love and Basketball. Okay. So we already talked about that one pretty much. But, um, yeah, that was my number two. And I, the reason why is because I just love the basketball scene. And then what is your number one? Movie? My number one. I know what it's going to be. I think I know. Love Jones. Oh, yeah, I knew it. Listen. I told me why I didn't have my lesson. I knew you had it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I remember my husband and I, my ex-husband and I, we were, we had just gotten together. I can't remember what year it is. Serena knows. But I feel like that that movie launched this whole genre. I mean, I know what you said about Boomerang, mm-hmm. but this whole like urban, young, hipster, you know, Buppy ensemble cast, rom-com, you know, like artsy space. <clears throat> yeah. I love, Lord, what's his Lorenz? This, this Lorenz comes Tate. About five years after Boomerang. Okay. But so they it's went Eddie. into it's the- Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> huh? Eddie, Eddie did one. it? Eddie no, did. but I'm just saying, but this... This Neil Soul. This kicks yes. off Neil Soul. Exactly. So I feel like after that is when it just opened it up for all the rest of the movies that we named it, which is why I made it number one, because I feel like it broke the mold and it showed there's Neil Long. Yeah. The, the chemistry between the two of them, the poetry. Oh, Lauren Hill. Hill. That, Lauren Hill is on the Lauren Hill. That first poem that he did ooh. to her. Ooh. ooh. With, with, that was in Mm. That was powerful. Yes. I bought the soundtrack and was very upset because the first soundtrack did not actually have that oh, poem oh, oh. on yes. there. Yes. There's a special soundtrack that has the poem. Yes. And so I had to buy and it his again. Delivery. His delivery of that yes. poem was mm-hmm. everything. Yes. And it was, I thought that the, that was so romantic. I mean, the, he, she fell for him because of spoken word. Yes. I mean, she yes. was definitely like, oh yes. my God. Yes. Yes. So there was no getting out of this. Yes. Like, he was smooth as I don't know what. You got, you know, I was like, oh my goodness. Love that. Oh movie. my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, yeah. Even like the, the visualization of it, you saw all these black couples hanging out together. Yes. And, I love the you know, Hanging out in each other's apartments yeah. and different things yes. like that. I feel like it also gave the, gave um, black people that, that freedom it kind of took us back to like when you had people like Langston Hughes like this whole Harlem mm, Renaissance yeah. era, mm-hmm. like where black people were free to be artistic yeah I feel like Love Jones really highlighted yes. that we still are just yes, as artistic and you know creative and it just allowed us you know it yes. allowed that space and so it was funny that you had mentioned the Boomerang soundtrack because I had kind of forgot about it when I was going to say music came into play was Love Jones yes. but, but you were right Boomerang, absolutely. That soundtrack was amazing. It was. But but Love Jones for me, was I guess for like my era, yes, that was yes. like an amazing soundtrack. Yes. And that's when movies and songs, like I can remember anything because I'm remembering the, the song, song in that moment. And yeah. I think the soundtracks for the black rom-coms are just so important. You do remember them. I don't, I'm, I'm trying to think, oh, well, you know, okay, white rom-coms have their music too because I, you know, I still sing memories. <laughs> Barbara Streisand, but that wasn't a comedy. That was sad. That was sad. But the yeah. uh, music for black rom-coms are just so, yeah. you know, unbelievable. And these songs are not like they do today where the song is already out and they just clip it and put it in the movie, right. which is a lot of the stuff they do today. Although there are people that are still writing the soundtrack for the movie. Like yeah. the movie has been filmed and they're looking yeah. at it and they're watching the film and they're conducting and putting it in there. Yeah. Sure old school soundtrack layover but um you know these were you know on eddie murphy's that was 
I think it was Babyface. Yes, it was Babyface baby in LA. They that was their first like. And real one powerful. of the things that's so important about these soundtracks being done on the movie is that that makes the black entertainers that are in the recording studio now in the movie studio. And there has been there was a a, a big big wall that they could not score musical uh, music you know music to movies that they couldn't do it and so this was a big thing because quincy jones is the one that had to go through this that oh well, do you think he can handle scoring the movie and he really had to fight quincy jones is one of the first black people to score a film and so mm. when when eddie gets in control and he's like no i am not going to use the studio musicians i'm going to use babyface i'm going to yeah. have him come in he's going to do it and boom we have a you know triple platinum yep so and it's spreading the wealth. Exactly. You got artistic exactly. control, and you're actually giving more people space, the platform, enriching them, yep. all of that. And know. I'm not particularly a huge Eddie Murphy fan, but in researching for this podcast, I was impressed with how deep his ties went into this and That's how much awesome. he did. And I don't think that Eddie Murphy gets the respect that he deserves about how much he did to bring people along and how much he crashed the barriers that we may not have even realized was a barrier with black rom-coms. I mean, some of the reviews, when you go back and you read the reviews of the rom-coms, I mean, I, I, I was reading the reviews for Poetic Justice, which I just want to put up there. It's not necessarily a mm-hmm. comedy, but you know, they were comparing it to movies that it didn't need to be compared to. They were talking about the acting of two people who were not trained actors. It was just an unfair competition. And it's always been sort of yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm getting on the soapbox. I'm going to come down off the soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> it's just always repelled to another standard that, you know, another stupid movie. Give me Seth Rogen in some dumbass oh, yeah. movie and he right. doesn't get the same kind of criticism. Yeah, exactly. And they're going to let him make another one and another it's one and another one privilege. before he fails. Yeah. But, you know, you know, you're not going to get another whatever movie until I don't know what happens, you know? Yeah. So it's just, that's just what I'm saying. So my number one movie was already... Did been, you tell me number two? Your, no, my number two was The Love and Basketball. Yes, and then okay. my number, your number one was Love Jones. And mm-hmm. my number one was, okay, because I've been talking about him since the podcast Boomerang. Started. Boomerang. <laughs> With Sean Jay and my, oh my gosh. I mean, when I saw this movie, it was like a revelation. There had not been this kind of movie. Big budget, big stars. Everybody's looking good. Ain't nobody living in yeah. the ghetto. There was a little bit of ghetto. Yeah, that costume and for that movie. Oh, funny. my God. Listen. All the women were beautiful. Even yeah. Chris Rock with his crazy butt was in the movie. You remember Chris Rock? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, the male the male uh, male What's guy? his face was in there, too? Martin, Martin Morris. And I with think, the prior thing. <laughs> oh, yeah? yeah? I think going back, even watching the movie, the movie stands up. Even yeah. even now, that movie is what? 20, I'll stop and watch almost, it when it comes on. Yeah. Absolutely. It's still it's still yeah. a good movie. It's Absolutely. Still, yeah, even the, uh, the role reversal, even though you think it's not, maybe... No, the role reversal still bites. Yeah. It still bites. The not coming home still bites. The whole thing, it, it, it's still good. Yeah. It's still yeah. good. So, awesome. Eddie, my awesome. boy. Can, can, I, can I say a few? It was so hard to come up with five. It yeah. was. It was hard to stop at five is what I'm saying. What did you leave off the list? So, I have two that I call, I'm calling my old school shout outs. <laughs> One of them was Claudine. Claudine had to be because I was kind of like trying. I was even going back to Porgy and Best, but I'm like, that's not a rom com, you know. So when you said Claudine was really the first, 
And I was like, and then I, it took me to see that again, maybe about three years ago mm -hmm. to really see all of the social, you know, when they were talking about the welfare worker coming yeah. and her relationship with James Earl Jones yes. and how she had to go hide everything because, you know, and they he was buying her yeah, yeah, yeah. Her like these right, hair, right, right. Just, um, lose yeah. everything. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and even the fact that she was going out with a garbage man. Mm -hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. 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 Right. How about even the uh, um what the boy got a vasectomy? I mean, they were talking about things in that movie that were just like so far. Yeah. Advanced, yeah. Like, what? Absolutely. And then I also had just for fun and giggles car wash. <laughs> I love that movie. And that was another one with a booming soundtrack. Booming soundtrack. Yes. Boy. It was right. just fun, funky 70s, you know. And then I, as we were talking, I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't talk about waiting to exhale. Stella, nope. how Stella got her groove back. back. But I, know I didn't talk about the wood. I didn't talk about. Now, the wood would be yeah. a rom yeah. but But how Stella got her groove back. I, think so. I feel like those are comedy. Like, I feel like we... You didn't think it was romantic comedy? I mean, oh, yeah. not comedy. I'm sorry. Not... I feel like oh, they're romance, it, 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 not, romance comedy. not comedy. That's what I meant to say. Well, I had to take mine yeah. off because I had... I wanted to put mahogany on there, but that wasn't a comedy. Yeah, right. 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 Yeah. So that's how I feel about Wade Twixell and, and how okay, Stella got a group. Like, I feel like those are romance movies. Like, yeah, Wade Twixell, if you look at the list of romance, romantic comedies, that's never on the list. How Stella got a group back is definitely. Mm -hmm. and is, but is it only because Whoopi is in it? No, it's because and, Regina. Yeah. It's because um, Regina oh, King is in it. I don't remember Regina King. Yeah, she was her sister. Her she sister, was her younger sister. Her younger sister, and when she and was she, sitting there, and she pulled over, and she's talking to somebody is trying to make. She was supposed to be delivering the mail or something. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. She was the okay. funniest thing in there. Okay, but no, there wasn't a whole lot of comedy. comedy. That's and a good point. Was in there too. Yeah. But it, the, the situation was kind of funny itself, I guess. But other than that, no. Okay. And okay. did I say Regina Hall when we were talking about? Yes, you um, did. Okay, because I, I missed up the name one time. And somebody King. came down on me so uh, hard. I want to uh, just make sure. Yeah. Regina Hall, Regina King. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, okay, so... I think we have got, okay, any, anyone that you want to throw in there, Nisha? No one's going to like this one, but I love this movie. Okay, maybe. A Thin Line Between Love and Hate. Oh, I absolutely oh, yes, love that movie. I felt like Martin Lawrence, Regina King, and Elin Whip. Let me tell you something about Lynn, Lynn Whitfield in that movie. She will forever <laughs> be Brandy in my she eyes. I feel like she lost crazy. all sense of Josephine Baker in my mind when I saw her as Brandy in that movie. Like she absolutely hands that. Even psycho. on Greenleaf right now, I just look at her as still being this psycho woman <laughs> from Thin Line Between Love and Hate. Absolutely love that movie. It got me through college. I watched it every, every single time. night. <laughs> every single night. Okay, I okay. knew that. I knew the movie by heart. I love. Were you getting movie. over somebody? I, so there okay. was there was a bit of <laughs> there was a bit of experience in that movie that I had lived. But I mean, I didn't beat myself with oranges. Okay, that did not true. happen. But now, the other thing I was going to talk about was like the three women who are always in all these movies. That you know, I want to give a shout out to them because they have been the leading ladies of romantic comedies, even though they may not have been the greatest. Queen Latifah, yes. who moved up from her, you know, co-star role there in um, Brown Sugar to her own movie. Come on, just yeah, right, just right, just mm. right. 
And Last Holiday. Last Holiday. Last Holiday. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. That is one of the funniest I, movies. Yes. I love Last Holiday. Yeah. I yeah. almost went on the list, but okay. I was like, hello, Cool J. That was a tough one to put yeah. off the list. <laughs> and uh, Just Right, it, that's an uneven movie for me, but I, I also love Paula Patton again in that one, playing a, kind of the same role again, but I love Queen Latifah. But the other one I wanted to give a shout out to is Gabrielle Union. True. Absolutely. Oh my God. Absolutely. I love her in some of these movies about what? Um, Eva? Um, Deliverance, Deliverance from Deliverance from Eva. She was like a branded Eva. character. Yes, yeah. she was. She was. That and, is um, hysterical. You mentioned who could play that game. Who could play yes. that game. And I think that... Wait, no. That was Vivica Fox. Vivica Fox. Well, she was the lead. She was, but Gabrielle. Gabrielle was a, was oh, a supporting actress yeah, in yeah. that movie. And, and Gabrielle was really, also in Love and Basketball. Wow. Oh, yes, she is. She is. I didn't know Spalding me. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. My favorite is. line. Ooh, I didn't know Spalding me. Yeah. Oh, blooded. Oh, my God. Yeah. I forgot about her in that movie. Yeah, she's in that yeah, movie. Yeah. And she's also in, oh, what's my other movie? With Idris, who, the, his, well, that wasn't really a rom-com. Daddy's Girls. Oh no! Oh yeah, and I don't oh. even like that movie. That was so like, oh god, this well, is that was to feel Tyler, like Tyler Perry. Perry. Was it? it well, <laughs> well it, Tyler, was, it was Tyler Perry. I Tyler definitely was all, not. He, but <laughs> would he? I mean, no. not to not to now because I actually like some thing. Tyler Perry like movies, some. but. But I don't think well, so there's any real romance. Okay, what about um no, because I was really serious. Why did I get married? Well that you had a, the the only one that comes to mind is um a family reunion. Okay. And it only so remember at the end they get married or you know, they it's the whole concept is this marriage and then Blair Underwood is just abusive. So there's oh, like yeah. always oh, drama mixed into his yeah, comedy and like his romance. Off the chain drama, like I'm like yeah. you know it's coming it's always drama, like yeah. Yeah, Gabrielle yeah. Union though and, and Tyler Perry, I have to say, in the movie Good Deeds. Oh good deeds. Oh, 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 good oh, deeds. They had the yeah. most realistic breakup scene I have ever, ever Scene. That scene where he tells her he's not going to marry her and tells her he's going to give her back the ring and they're going to end their end their engagement. I, I'm brought to tears every time I watch that. They were just like, "How did this happen? That we were going to go and get married like this, and he's going to give it back the ring?" And he's like, "You know, I really love you." And she's like, "I love you." And I'm just like, "Oh no, this is horrible." But whoever wrote that scene has been through that. Yeah, because oh, that yeah. was real. <laughs> that was real. That was <laughs> like, "I love you, but you're not it." Yeah. Wow. You're not it. Oh, and that scene where he came back. Was, um, <laughs> when you talking about when he made love to her yeah, on the window? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, Tyler. Yeah. Okay, I, I saw Tyler in a different light. After I saw that. I said, oh, okay, sir. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we had to bring Tyler in for this at all, even though he did not make any of our five by yeah. five list. I stand by my list. I stand by my list, list too, yeah. but we have to give Tyler a little credit for some of that stuff because he's had some moments of flashes of brilliance. That, but overall, somehow the movie just doesn't make it on the list. So we forgive us, Tyler, please. But you're in there, my brother. You're in there. We know what you do for black films. You definitely know what you do. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I black mean, actors. Black, black actors. Black, black, black filmmaking. Yeah, I was about to say, just all the people in the industry, just mm -hmm. even those behind the scenes, you know, yes. the studio. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, he, he actually made Taraji P. Henson's career. Yeah, he gave good. her a space. Yep. You know, in, in some of his movies. Um, who else am I thinking about? Elise um, 
I'm going to have to disagree with that. You don't think so? She was, I mean, she was already on the, you know, I think John Singleton really is who helped. Okay. Oh, baby, baby, baby boy. boy. Yes. Okay. 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 Yeah. Um, I mean, cause then but, she started creating a space for herself. Like, yeah, that's with Benjamin true. Button, and then Tyler that's came true. along and, you know, that's a good point. Yeah. I don't know Benjamin but Button. Yeah. Baby that's boy. A whole, but yeah. baby boy baby is what made her. Jody, not Jody. He just was the mom was the mom come. I went. I don't no. know. If I'm as a See, I feel mom. like Baby Boy fits the boys in the hood yeah. and those kind yeah. of like more yeah. urban, yeah. urban drama. Yeah. 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 What, what is the genre there? Comedy. What, what, what is that what, genre? What, what do you call that genre? I would call that social commentary. <laughs> black <laughs> social commentary. like black. Yeah, yeah it's just. Not a comedy because you know a romantic comedy. You no know, romance, you know, by definition is like the excitement of the mystery of love, and there wasn't any of that for her. She finally was just like, "I'm just through with you," you know. <laughs> and she, yeah, and it was really about his struggle his, as his a struggle black young man, young man. Yeah. to become a grown man. Yeah, yeah, it was really yeah. about that. It wasn't so much yeah. about Taraji. She yeah. did as she always does, brings a completely com- incredible performance that ups the game for everybody else. Absolutely. And she ups the game in that whole movie with that performance she did as his girlfriend. I mean, yeah. it, was, it wasn't yeah. about her. No. It wasn't no. about her. No. Wasn't and also, shout out, shout out to Bing Rames. Yeah. Bing Rames was like boss in that movie. Yes. <laughs> he was. <laughs> yes. yes, he was. It was like, he was the, before Cuba Gilding gave us the back shot of a butt, it was Bing Rames. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, this has been a really delightful episode. It sure Thank has. you so much to my guests once more, Trina Ramsey. Yes. Michelle White. Michelle White. <laughs> and I want you guys, you guys got to come back again because this was too this was fun. fun. This was fun. This was fun. Thanks for uh, having us, you're Sabrina. Welcome. Now, how can we contact you? And, uh, absolutely. Your, your absolutely. So we are actually here on location at the, at the heels of our Rejuvenate. The whole you retreat weekend. We're in Bethany Beach, Delaware, and everybody's getting ready to go home. We were all together. We decided, decided to do that here. Nashelle and I do this retreat every year. And you can find more information about me and my business at justdoyouinstitute.com. And you can follow me on Instagram at, at my coach Trina. Hey, Michelle. Awesome. So, yes, you can find me on Facebook at Sisters Walking Abundantly in God's Grace Events, um, or you can find me on um, Instagram at Swag Events. All right. All right. And you can find me, the Cinnamon Cinephile, at Sabrina at CinnamonCinephile.com. And okay, if you can't spell that, you need to get your dictionary out. <laughs> so we'll be signing off we're going to do another episode next week it's going to be all about artificial intelligence Ooh. Ooh. and I will have a guest that is going to be an expert in artificial intelligence from the National Institute of Health and we're going to talk all about the five best AI movies oh I love that love. Okay. Awesome. so we'll see you next week thank you everybody for listening this is Sabrina signing out bye bye, bye.